This week on The Final Dump, we've actually got a Packers win to talk about this week. All the good and some of the bad as well from the win over the Chicago Bears. We're going into a bye week, so we've got some big overarching topics to talk about as we head into the final home stretch of the season. Matt and Brendan are both back, and we're getting ready for the post-week 13 edition of The Final Dump. News dump. News dump. Yay. News dump. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. It's a grand <laughs> It's the final dump presented by Game On Wisconsin. And welcome to the final dump. I'm Brendan Dworzynski. He is Matt Fralick, the duo back for the first time in a couple of weeks. We've had a couple weeks where we had the uh, the schedule get a little mixed up recently, but we are back. Plenty to talk about. Thank you so much for joining us on Facebook, on YouTube, across the Game on Wisconsin social media channels, Twitter as well. We are thrilled to be with you live on Monday night, or if you're listening to this, well, it could be Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Thursday, Friday, could be any time. We appreciate you listening and watching one way or the other we've got plenty to get to on the final dump tonight we're going to talk all about this win over the chicago bears does it mean anything is it just a fun rivalry win is there anything positive we can take away from it in addition to the fact that christian watson might be the greatest football player of all time there's a chance he i'm not saying he's randy moss i'm just saying he's better than randy moss so we'll get to that obviously all throughout the show today some interesting thoughts on what Aaron Rodgers had to say post-game, which some folks on social media I saw had made a lot about it. I didn't think it was all that big of a deal, but we'll break down the comments and what they could mean and also what Matt LaFleur had to say in response on Monday. And just how much does QB1 have left? We've heard all the chatter over the last few weeks about should you play love? Do you play love after you get eliminated from postseason contention? We will get to all that and so much more over the course of the next hour. But Matt, before we get to any of those topics in particular I know I've talked about this before. I talked about it in week two and in past seasons as well. But as someone who grew up in Chicago, as someone whose entire family is Bears fans, these games always mean the most to me. And there's nothing quite like beating the Bears. And as much as there's a lot of folks that want to talk about going after the, you know, the the draft picks or tank or we we don't want to win. I want to tell you this much, man, becoming the winningest franchise in NFL history and taking that crown directly from the Chicago Bears, that feels better than any top 10 pick ever would. I will never, ever feel differently about that. It just feels too sweet to beat that team. It has to feel good for someone growing up, like you said, in the Chicago land area. Like that's massive. And I think, you know, going into these these rivalry matchups or these, I guess, more or less the NFC North matchups, like over the last like decade. I've grown as a Packers fan and just like trying to, you know, be a, an idiot with a microphone, as you said, with an internet connection. Like you come to realize like anything going into this that week is just out the window, right? Whether it's great production, um, you know, wins, loss, it, it could be, you could be floundering like the Packers have had. Everything just goes out the window. It's all a reset. So that's kind of what I expected going into the game. There were some narratives that, you know, stuck. Obviously, Justin Fields kind of going crazy and the Packers – having an issue with the quick quarterback that kind of stuck, but ultimately it, you just kind of got to throw it out the window, kind of figured it was come, come down to something a little bit in the trenches. The Packers did set up a couple of good plays throughout the game. Some contribution from special teams defense had its moments up and down, but ultimately rivalry game. Yeah. You know, the silver lining, like you said, getting the all time or getting the all time NFL wins. That's pretty cool. Stealing it from the bears, but 
it was it was a nice you know noon game playing in Chicago. Nothing too crazy, but you know it still had those uh, underlying moments of wanting to pull your hair out through this entire year. Um, flashes of greatness, like I already said, but ultimately it's you know we could be Owens. Owen, what would it be at this point? We'd be two and fifteen. And if you get the two wins versus the Bears, that's like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't I don't hate that. Yeah, there's just something so sweet about it. There's a there's a smugness that comes with uh, a certain fan base uh just to the the southwest part of Lake Michigan. So that always feels good to me. And and again, look, I, I said it a few weeks ago. We were talking about it when Jacob Westendorf jumped on the show and was yeah. guest hosting. And I said, look, man, I, I'm just not built to root for a tank. I, I'm never going to be someone who is saying, yes, we we should lose. I'm cheering for the loss. I can't do that in general, especially not when it comes to playing the Bears. There is just something about the oldest, best rivalry in the NFL, even if it has been a pretty darn one-sided for, frankly, the vast majority of both of our lives. But there is plenty to get from this game. It has been a rare win for the Packers. There have not been many of them this year. It's going into the bye week, so the vibes are good at least for now, even if playoff hopes are dwindling by the week. In fact, I saw uh, Dara Carraher brought this up, who writes for uh, 24-7 Sports and Packer Report, mentioned that whether the Giants lost or the Commanders lost on Sunday, either way, it helped the Packers' playoff chances. The only way they could be hurt is if those two teams tied. Lo and behold, they tied at 20 all, which great for my wallet because I had the under 40 and a half points, but not so great for the Packers playoff chances. But even with playoff hopes getting slimmer and slimmer by the minute, it feels like certainly by the week, what do you take away positively from this Bears game? Or I guess on the other hand, it could be a negative that you took away because the first three quarters of this game weren't exactly all rainbows and happiness and smiles. So what was your biggest takeaway from the week 12, week 13 win over the bears to have been a fly on the wall of you gritting out a 40 and a half under with 10 extra minutes of gameplay. That is yeah. holy shit. I can't even imagine um, what I've taken away is just like special teams, I think has made some strides on the return game. A little bit on the coverage, you know, Enos Gaines getting out there last last yesterday trying to, you know, razzle-dazzle guy, maybe a little a shot, if you will, like in basketball or trying to get in the guy's ear. It just, you know, I like the intensity there, but things I've taken away is the, the offensive line has still been very, very consistent for this team. I actually f- completely forgot about the second quarter, who they had in there. Uh, Zach Tom, your boy, being thrown in there. Like, I was, you know, we didn't see any really setback with that. Um, the run games look positive. AJ Dillon's continue to, you know, to, when it becomes colder out in these November, December games, he becomes more of a, a priority for this offense to get behind. I think the other one obviously is just like Christian Watson, duh. Like they're seeing some development in a young player. I can't wait. We thought we looked at it this week. Can't wait to see him and Romeo Dobbs on the field. That'd be awesome to see them a little bit speedster, a little bit of life. Um, defensively, I really am. I'm having a tough time watching the defense lately, man. It's It's been a lot, so I'm going to kind of exclude them. There's been a couple players that I'd like to see shine. I thought they kind of neither had a really good game last night or yesterday being in Ruby Ford and uh, Kinsley Inabari. Inabari got banged up. We'll see what happens with his injury. Clay Walker's been great. But outside of that, like the veteran play on the defense has been shitty. So I'm going to stick with the positive side because that's what you asked me. Offensive line, run game, young receivers, and then like the special teams. But there's just a lot of, you know, Stuff that's just uncharacteristic that's going on. But I think I just like like some of the things they're fixing. Um, there's just some change that needs to happen, I think, on 
all facets of the game that are just kind of like holding this team back a little bit. There is something, there's some stuff to be positive about though. Like just like that young talent, I think that they've cultivated, whether it be transactionally off the waiver wire, off practice squads, or just drafting. I think that's like the big one is because like I've, everyone I've mentioned basically has been a, you know, Packers have benefited from that, you know, those acquisitions. Yeah. And that's an interesting point you bring up. And I think it's a super accurate point too, about guys who are going to be around and guys who are not just, you know, like when Alan Lazard has a good game. Now, I honestly, as much as I like Alan Lazard, I don't really expect him to be a part of the team next year because there's going to be a lot of financial decisions and he's not really a true number one receiver. He's a good player. I I love Alan Lazard have since he was in college at Iowa state. I don't, you know, when he has a big game, I think, okay, like that's nice. That's cool for now. That's nice. But when you see, Christian Watson have a big game or earlier in the season before he got hurt before he had a bit of a slump too when he saw Romeo Dobbs play really well against Tampa Bay among others you thought okay there's something here like this is the future it's all coming together now and I think the two well more than two but the handful of things that really got me going about this game were the pieces that are going to be sticking around because as much as I would love to cling to hope that the season is not completely over yet and that there is going to be hope for the playoffs and maybe a miracle run to get there. And I know Rogers is trying to pump that in a lot of his post-game press conferences recently. I'm also realistic about the outlook and having lost a bunch of tiebreakers to the giants and commanders among others. So I'm, I'm realistic about it. So seeing a guy like Christian Watson, who we were joking about earlier, and this isn't a, a unique take to this show. I mean, everybody in the, the Packers sphere, the Packers blog world, I mean, everybody has been talking about Watson now for the last few weeks, but to see, that guy continue to make plays big splash plays to score touchdowns to come up and make a touchdown grab mat on a fourth down do or die situation Packers don't get that touchdown at that part of the game you can pretty much kiss that one goodbye because who would put faith in the offense to blow up and have a huge comeback in the second half of a game this year I sure wouldn't so to trust that guy in that spot tight window throw make the play that's a big deal to see him get involved all those jet sweeps we talked about during the start of the season, how, man, wouldn't it be nice if he could run a route? Like, wouldn't it be nice to see him just do something other than be the jet sweep guy? He takes the tight jet sweep and sprints, what was it, 46 yards to the end zone for the, the highlight reel touchdown and then spread eagle into the end zone. I mean, that's the stuff that gets you pumped up about what's to come for this team, even if it's not going to turn out this year. Another guy, too, who I think is worth bringing up in that same vein I don't know what the hell was wrong with A.J. Dillon at the start of the year. I mean, he scored week one, a, one touchdown in that game where we got thumped and then was just a wall or, frankly, a, a negative for week after week after week. But the last two games, he has been a much more positive player. And with Aaron Jones banged up a little bit more, I, you know, they said it was a shin. I think that was the official word. I know that's what they said on the Fox broadcast. Yep. But with him banged up, they were able to go to A.J. Dillon and he could be the bell cow for the game. And he ended up with a pretty good stat line, 18 carries, 93 yards. That's over five yards in attempt. Did have the touchdown, which I thought was a beautifully designed play with the jet to the right, handoff going to the left. Dillon finishes it strong. He's going to be around. I mean, he's a piece for the next two years at the very least. He's going to be a core part of the offense come next year. It's good to see that start to come along a little bit more as we get late in the season defensively look I've been as hard on Joe Barry this year as anyone and I I have said some things that I had to go delete on Twitter because I figured my (laughs) boss would not like to see some certain words that I used talking about Joe Barry and what I think of him and where he belongs 
I, I will give credit where it's due. I know the Bears stink. I know Justin Fields made some really bad decisions late in the game. you got some concerns there, I think, about his late game proficiency. But he's still young. But the point being, look, you only give up 19 points in an NFL game. That's pretty good. No matter who you're playing, 19 points is a pretty good number. Packers only gave up three points after halftime. That's a pretty good spot to be in if you're the defense. And look, next game, well, I guess they play the Rams on Monday Night Football following the bye, and the Rams are just in. As bad as the year has been for the Packers, I'm not sure it could be any worse than what the Los Angeles Rams are dealing with. But my point being, in the next game against a team that maybe has a slightly higher level of offensive competence than Luke Getze's Chicago Bears, maybe you don't see that same kind of production for the defense. But at the very least, for this one week, I'm willing to give credit where I think it's due and say, they weren't horrible. They looked horrible in the first half. It was not making me feel comfortable. But you only give up three points in the second half. I'm at least willing to say, thank you for not making me want to put a fist-sized hole through my television for the second half of the game. So that's about as nice as I can be about the defensive effort this week. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the defenses, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you're warming me up to the performance I had yesterday. Three points in the second half is great. I mean, I just have a lot of it. You know, it's just some of those big plays. Obviously, the Justin Fields run where he just ran away from people, which didn't really, really say that top end speed. Maybe other people didn't did, but um, just Jair, the way he was playing all game, like that was kind of sh- shitty. Like, I mean, it's great that he capped it off with a pick at the end, but it's like, dude, that's, I mean, was that really your best performance? Um, just the defense all around, like you mentioned, like just, I don't know. So it, it, great that those adjustments were made, but how much is that just, like you said, on um, Justin Fields being immature, not knowing how to deal with a moment like that. And, and they don't have a lot of talent. You know, Claypool got tweaked up. They're out with Mooney already. Like they didn't have it. Like Komet was kind of doing what he's done for the last, I would say half stretch of the year. He's been productive. We'll see what that Rams game looks like. I mean, that's, you mentioned it. I was talking yesterday with a friend of mine, like he's going to the Rams game and I'm like, man, I can't even imagine what tickets were going for back in July. Right. June. Right. When yeah. the tickets come out, like, you had to pay a fortune for those. Those are two NFC you know, powerhouses. And now you're looking at teams that are just absolutely in shambles that they put Stafford finally on IR and it seems like it's a dangerous injury too. So um, yeah, defense is, it's kind of, it's not what I've expected this year, not to riff on the defense too much here, but it's just like a lot of it comes down to edge pressure. And like a lot of it comes down to, you know, just Kenny Clark not having help and you lose the Darius. He doesn't put his hand in the dirt anymore. And then Rayshon Gary gets injured and they're already thin there. Like they don't have a guy next to 97 to take over. And some of those young D tackles, no tackles have been good, but they're ultimately need to find a couple, you know, some more help up front with Kenny Clark. Not to say that Kenny Clark's, you know, voided from any criticism because I think he's had a down year, but in the defense, I don't know what needs to happen. They, we all know all the talent there, but maybe Joe Barry's the problem. Maybe it's the scheme. Maybe it's just, the way they're playing because your top end guys, I already mentioned Kenny Clark and Jay are not playing to snuff, but the young guys still looking solid and good second half adjustment. Like you mentioned, you bring up the point about that Rams game. And again, I, I do feel bad for Matt Stafford. I have been oh. president or at least vice president of the Matt Stafford hate club for a long time. I do feel bad. I mean, you hear neck contusion or spinal cord contusion, whatever it is, that sounds terrifying. So I, I hope at the very least, he is okay. You know, his true well-being is okay, or at least as right. okay as he can possibly be. But speaking of that game, right now, I won't tell you what resale market I'm on, but I will tell you that it is a hub for stubs. Uh, what do you think you can get in after fees, in the door, get a seat at Lambo for that game? What do you think you can get in for? $89 is the first one that came to mind. Right now, 
on said resale market, section 107, row 46, after fees, $67. For Packers, Rams, the Green Bay Packers at home against the defending Super Bowl champions. That's absurd. I mean, it tells you, A, how bad the Packers season has been, but B, how dreadfully awful the Rams season has been. That's that's crazy. That's almost unthinkable. Again, given what tickets were going for early in the year. And Monday Night Football. I don't know if that helps the price or makes the price. I'm not really sure where that falls. I think it, it, it can kind of depend on market and also, like, time of the year. Like, do you want to go sit out in the cold on a Monday night? Like, but, yeah, that's that's nuts. Like, the lowest I was going to from the 89 was 75. That would have been my bottom price. If we're negotiating pawn stars here, bottom price. But you went far and below that with fees even. That's that's insane. I let me let me call my buddy. He's an expert on Monday night tickets in Lambeau between two teams who aren't going to make the playoffs. I do want to go back to the offense here, though, because that's really been the you know the focal point of all most of the attention, I think, from the general Packers watching public here. And <laughs> momentary distraction on the YouTube comments. Uh, shout out to Sex69.fun for chiming in on the comments momentarily. That that was really, that was indeed fun. But the offense, speaking of things that have been fun for a couple of weeks, but not for the majority of the season, I saw this from Mike Clay earlier on Monday, Monday morning, the, uh, the stats guy, the, you know, the, the deep numbers guy, if you will, from ESPN. And he tweeted out this stat that in the first nine games of the season, the Packers had 17 touchdowns offensively, total that's less than two per game 1.9 offensive touchdowns per game that is not bad that is horrendous absolutely truly horrific in the last four games they've got 13 that's 3.3 offensive touchdowns per game I'm not trying to say the offense is fixed I'm not trying to say that oh all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is back to being an MVP he is certainly not I'm not trying to say any of that But does it feel like the offense over the last couple of weeks has started to turn a corner? And for reference, in those last four games, you had the win over the Cowboys, which really felt like it came out of nowhere. You lost to the Titans 27-17. You lost to the Eagles in that very strange primetime game, 40-33, in which you gave up approximately 4.9 miles of rushing yards. And then you beat the Bears on Sunday this week, 28-19, so I'll rephrase it again. Does it feel like this offense, it might be too little too late, but does it feel like it is actually starting to come along to look a little bit more like we hoped it might this season? I really think it has. And I think uh, I think the game that it changed, I want to say it was the Cowboys. Maybe it was a little bit of the Lions, but it was just like the way they came out and are using the, the run game as a compliment to the, or not even a compliment, a setup to the pass game. I feel like you've seen that a lot more from the you know the shotgun set <clears throat> they're putting either deguara in motion putting a jet sweep and it's like they've been able to use the run game on you know the trap or the inside zone to be able to facilitate the the guy motioning or whatever like they're able to set it up more i think rogers spoke to that a couple weeks ago um was it a mcafee or a press conference talking about how stenovich has kind of worked with him on short yardage stuff or even red zone stuff or like he's kind of facilitates the, the way the run set up and i think that's a lot to do i mean it's funny you look at that too. It's like, oh, you would you would think Aaron Rodgers with a busted up finger might play might play better, but we obviously know that's not the case. It's the emergence of Christian Watson. It's I, I don't think it's played. I think it's just it's gotten they've gotten to a rhythm more. They find like Rodgers is finally committed to the fact like I need to use the run 
and I need to use these sets to like actually set up pass plays. Like I can't just go out and chat and like a lot more play action. I saw yesterday under center as well for a while. I've been thinking like, are they getting far too away from under center and just going shotgun? And that doesn't really bode well for you know Aaron Jones. The kind of need motion for him to get involved. But I think everything they've been doing like up front has been really, really dynamic with the run game. And it's just helped the pass game. We saw that with that, the big run from Christian Watson, Iowa Joe mentioned, like they set it up, set it up, set it up and they let, let it rip. And it's just gone. Like you could see the bears just like fully committed. So it's like, you, there's no more like, you know, series by series, it's almost like quarter by quarter. Like, what are we building to take that opportunity? Because there's they're marginal. Those those fractions of us being able to push the ball on field are so small. You don't have it like every drive. You're gonna have at least one or two. It's like no, you literally have to set this up. This is like chess. This isn't. You're not able to just like drop back backyard football and sling it to Adams or off the line back show and he can run. Like you literally have to be methodical when you're gonna take the shots. And it's a different it's a different way they're doing it. I think you've seen some growth from that. It's, you know, I want to give Christian Watson his credit, but ultimately it's like he's just been a beneficiary, in my opinion. Like, I think there could, Ronald Dobbs, if he's healthy, he could have been that guy. I think Watson's probably elevated himself above Dobbs, but just where the opportunities have been, like, Watson's been able to take advantage of this way this offense is flowing. Um, I just, you know, got to get it in. Like, I just got to get thoughts in my head here. Like, it, eventually, if he can develop his route tree, you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, like, the, the sky's the limit for the kid. Like, physicality, he can run, he's fast, he's getting into the jet sweep. Like, he's just, he's a beast. Like, if he can get that route tree solid, like, or even his breaks off the line, like, watch out. Like, he could be nasty. I do think it's a, I, it's tough to say, too, like, how much of this is, like, just garbage plays and stuff they're just throwing up to see who cares, who cares. We're down, you know, a four and eight record, but, um, I like the way the offense is flowing. That's crazy that they were below two. It, it seems realistic, but if only they could get a little more compliments from a couple other guys other than Watson, it'd be it'd be another step from that um, that statistical category. Not to beat a horse that was already beaten to death earlier in the season by our show, uh, among others, but you can tell how valuable and how vital live reps are for young yeah. players, especially at wide receiver, a position that is heavily dependent on a lot of things, what the defense is doing, what your quarterback is doing, everything like that. Christian Watson missed a lot of the summer, man. He missed a lot of opportunities to work with Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love or even the other wide receivers in the offensive line and running backs just to get in alignment and know how everything is supposed to move in rhythm. He missed a lot of live reps when he could have gotten at least some practice time he missed a bunch of time earlier in the year because of the injuries. Now he's been healthy. He's been on the field. He has been a part of this offense and a huge part of it. And I think that's the biggest individual reason why in terms of somebody stepping up to the plate to make something happen, you don't get eight total touchdowns, seven receiving one rushing in four weeks. Like that's not a, a fluke. This dude, the way he impacts games, even before he was getting the ball as often as he is now, when you would bring him in and motion him across the formation, when you would use his speed even as a decoy, it got defenses to pay attention to number nine in green and gold. And now the fact that you are getting him more involved, you're having him run a more diverse route tree, a more efficient and effective route tree as well. That's a huge benefit for this team that Aaron Rodgers knows I've got a guy who can go do a bunch of things right now. He can do things that Alan Lazard can't do. He can do things that Randall Cobb cannot do. He can do things that even Romeo Dobbs can't do. You mentioned earlier, though, getting Romeo Dobbs back. We're going to see, 
And granted, Dobbs might be a little bit rusty because he did miss time because of this high ankle sprain, but it's expected he'll be back for the Rams game. You're going to have two guys out there who have shown a lot of promise at times this year. And you're going to have a quarterback who, while he is still struggling, and, and there's no doubt. I mean, you look at Rodgers' line from this game. This was not typical Aaron Rodgers owning the Chicago Bears. 18 of 31, 182 yards. That's under six yards in attempt. One touchdown, no picks. And we'll get to the offensive line in a moment because he wasn't sacked in this game. But that's, and as much as I think the trust thing is overrated, that's him getting a better feel for what his future wide receiver number one is, can be, and can do. He's gotten a little bit of that with Romeo Dobbs this year. Who knows what the other weapons are going to look like, but it does feel like getting Watson in particular more comfortable with the offense, and in turn getting Rodgers more comfortable with knowing the limitations and the ceiling for Christian Watson has taken this to another level. You also add in the offensive line. I was a probably a little more critical than some of how the line was playing early in the year, which, I mean, I think they were struggling more earlier in the year. Elton Jenkins was not playing especially well. David Bakhtiari has graded out, at least for pro football focus, pretty well for the majority of the year, but there was clearly some rust with him. You had guys moving all over the place. Right tackle was a question. You kicked Yash out there. He's been strong. He's committed a number of penalties, but Overall, man, he's been pretty darn good. I'd rather you give up a penalty or you jump early or whatever than let your quarterback get smoked. So I've been very content with what Yash has done. I think Zach Tom stepped in and played very admirably for David Bakhtiari in this game against the Bears. Feel bad for Bach and appendectomy on top of everything else he's been through. That came completely out of nowhere, and I'm sure it was even more so coming out of nowhere for him more than it was for us not having to deal with that. But the fact that the offensive line has been more consistent, you took out the weak links. It is not a surprise, Matt, that, hey, Royce Newman stops playing. All of a sudden, the interior looks better. You have consistency at right tackle with a natural tackle. Your consistency and effectiveness gets a little bit better. It took way too long, but it feels like they finally have pieces in the right place where that they can finally make the most of their skill sets, both on the offensive line and in terms of the wide receivers. And you look at the running backs. I mean, Aaron Jones is always great. And like I said, I don't know what the heck happened with AJ Dillon in the last two weeks, but if you can get him going and looking like that one, two punch, we thought the Packers were going to have at the start of the season, all of a sudden you have to start asking, well, where was this before? Because suddenly it looks like this offense at the bare minimum is competent, which we have not seen for much of the season, specifically in those first nine games that we were talking about. And I think, like, honestly, the offensive line at the beginning of the year, I was critical of them as well. Like, it was bad. Like, we kind of knew it was going to have some issues. We didn't know before the season started, like, if Elton would be back sooner. I mean, Elton's back sooner than David. He's had some setbacks, you know, yada, yada, yada. You know, ultimately, we were like, okay, these are the pieces. Royce Newman obviously played himself out of that starting lineup. But I think, like I said earlier in the, like, the previous topic is, like, I think the way they've set up the offense, like the way they've committed, like I said, to the run, set that up for the pass, but they're moving guys around where it's easier for the, you know, you're not just running straight down, running like a trap or like a, you know, right up the, 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 the a, the a gap or the two gap, if you will, like it's easier for these offensive linemen to play a little bit and run, run, or run blocking that like, you got the defensive ends unsure if they can crash down into the interior, right? They got to watch Christian Watson emotion. Like that's what they've done. The, the wrinkles they've had, I think, has helped the the young offensive line like a lot. And I think I, I don't know if Aaron 
or excuse me, I don't know if A.J. Dillon, has, that's why all of a sudden he started playing better because they've been doing it for weeks, but I think it's helped the young offensive line for sure. And they just continue to have continuity once, like you said, like once Newman's gotten out of there, it's gotten much better. Like I think they had a little bit of a setback in, was it the Titans game or the Eagles game? One of those two. And I was like, eh, still not looking as great as they could be. But end of the day, like I like what's going on. And you mentioned earlier, like they kept Rodgers, you know, on his feet and wasn't on his back, zero sacks. That's huge. And it's just, you know, I, I think if we kind of differing opinions. You mentioned like his trust with the offensive line. I think there is a trust issue there when David Bakhtiar is not out there. But again, like you said, you got to play with who you have out there, dude. Like, I mean, just because you don't have your best friend out there doesn't mean Zach Tom's not formidable or Josh Neisman's not a good player. Like we have the five best we can put on this field right now. You got to, you got to trust it and not use that as a, a crutch and just be confident. You were right on with that. It was the Eagles game where three sacks were allowed by the offensive line. But if you go back over the last handful of weeks, zero against the Bears, three against the Eagles, one to Tennessee, two to Dallas, one to Detroit, two to Buffalo, none against Washington. And then you go back beyond that and it became a little bit more frequent. But that's a pretty good performance over the last few weeks. Honestly, that's really not anything to be too upset about and sometimes sacks are on quarterbacks more than they're on the offensive line some folks would argue sure. that it's more so because of the quarterback than the offensive line so I think that group has played really well I do want to get to the quarterback himself Aaron Rodgers and sure. he had comments after the game about the offense and the progression of Christian Watson among other things and kind of a, a long winding answer. I think that's fair to say when he was talking about, well, I could have gone back to Cal and played another year with Marshawn Lynch. And I could have played with Deshaun Jackson that year at, at Cal when he was in college, but instead he came out for the draft and he sort of winds his way to talking about how Christian Watson is developing and the impact he's had. And eventually it ends with him saying, you know, talking about playing with him in the future if there's mutual interest in coming back. And I believe it was Matt Schneiderman who said, you know, that that sounds a little bit like, well, is he saying, you know, if the Packers want me to be back next year and not to criticize Matt at all, I, I think Matt might be best beat writer the Packers have right now, but I, that's not how I picked up on it. I almost thought it was more so Aaron Rodgers being like, you know, is it, am I going to be interested in it? Are the Packers going to be interested in it? Are we both going to be? And I thought he kind of played it down the middle the way he has really for the last couple of years now, just leaving things up in the air. And I know that irritates a lot of Packers fans. I understand that. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but it did come up again during press conferences on Monday. And these are in tweets from Matt Schneiderman where Matt LaFleur was asked, do you want Aaron Rodgers back as the Packers starting quarterback? And he says, quote, yeah, absolutely, of course. And then clarifies, this came after Rodgers said, his return to the Packers hinges on there being mutual interest. I'll be honest with you, Matt. I thought it was pretty clear when the Packers gave Aaron Rodgers a gigantic mega contract, historic contract during the offseason in the late spring. They were committed to him long-term. And even if he did struggle, they said, well, we gave you all this money, so we're behind you. You're our guy. Do you make anything of these comments, whether it was Rogers saying something about the Packers wanting him back versus Jordan love or someone else? Does it sound like Roger saying he doesn't know? Is it just him doing his typical thing? Do you make anything out of those comments from post game after the bears? I honestly didn't even see those comments like completely got the W went to, you know, threw on the red zone, went through that rabbit hole for the next couple of hours. Like I didn't see the comments ever. So kind of just taking it after a little bit of a Twitter dive here and what you're presenting, like 
you take a little bit with, you know, there is some weight to it because Aaron Rodgers doesn't speak without a purpose, right? Whether it's yep. some crypt, some cryptic sort of thing, you got to look through some synonym of a word that we come to find out seven months later that meant something else that the beat writer didn't follow up on. You know, there's there's countless opportunities where he's, you know, he uses the microphone as leverage, whether it's for the organization, whether it's to uplift some of the rookies, you know, or younger guys, some of his buddies, himself, the organization, like he uses that as an opportunity to, you know, draw light to what he thinks is important. I didn't quite see that, like you said, that analogy between the, the cow thing is kind of confusing to me. I don't quite understand that. Maybe he's just talking about, you know, opportunities like that you have to, it's a great opportunity to go back to Cal, but ultimately like the next step forward is for me to progress. Maybe that's who's talking about the organization. The next step forward for them is to progress with Jordan Love or see what they have in Jordan Love. I, I mean, like you mentioned though, the contract kind of tells you where the Packers lie. I mean, you could make the argument like, oh yeah, they're going to give them this money, but then they can void the contract. Like there's all the back end stuff that probably wouldn't make sense if they're going to do that anyways. Um, I, I just, it, Strange time to bring it up, I guess. I don't know what prompted that or what was is going through his head of – I don't know. And even last week I mentioned this. He was on McAfee. He mentioned something about just um, the how they handled the um, the rib injury. They said he got the x-ray and he said there was some stuff he didn't want to talk about now, but it will come out after the season. I'm like, So it's like twice now in the last five, six days he's had a microphone in front of his face and just said some cryptic stuff. Like once again, I feel like we kind of had, had a little bit of lull in there. And all of a sudden we're, you know, a sub 500 team significantly. Now we're doing this again, Roger. So I don't put a lot of weight into it. Sometimes he's trying to get off, trying to be, you know, smart, like just make himself feel good that he's, you know, throwing the wool over someone's eyes and they're just not quite following what he's saying. So I don't really know what the hell it means. Um, he is right. Ultimately, like the Packers can change their mind on what they think about him, end up having that cap hit or whatever would happen with that, that contract. But I, I, there would be nothing right now based off of how they've handled Jordan Love this year. I mean, he's gotten a little bit of mop up time, but like maybe he's frustrated though, too. Like you mentioned his stats in this game, like sub 200 yards, just over 50%, you know, passing, like not doing crazy. That's been basically the habit all year is just like how the offenses throw, you know, ran through him. Super, super minimal, pushing the ball downfield. Maybe he's just frustrated. Like, you know what? A change needs to happen. Maybe it's retirement. Maybe it's a different career path. Maybe it's onto a different team. But um, you got to – as annoying as it is to sift through the tea leaves and read between the lines with him, you do kind of have to put some weight to it because anytime he talks, he's trying to tell you something, whether it, it makes sense or you think it's some sort of hippie rant that he's just going off on. I think there's two factors that come into play. One is – Again, I just think this is sort of how he has tried to mentally approach his status with the team and frankly, probably has tried to bargain with the end of his career that is much nearer than the start of his career is at this point. I think he just likes to play things down the middle and put that out there. And I don't know why he likes to do that, but he he has made comments like this again several years in a row, not specifically like this, but has made comments about, you know, if I'm around and I want to make sure I enjoy these moments and, you know, waving goodbye to the bears. And he said, Hey, I, I don't know if this is going to be my last time. And it didn't sound like there he was saying, yeah, this is going to be it, but you know, he, he's just trying to live in the moment and enjoy it and be realistic about the fact that this is not going to last forever. So I think part of it is the fact that he's just trying to, you know, be honest with himself and in a way, be honest publicly. And, you know, if you want to make a joke about that, go for it. I think the other part of it 
He's just weird. Like Aaron Rodgers is a very weird man. He is a strange person. And like, can anyone argue that at this point? That's not a criticism. I'm weird. I've got plenty of weird stuff about me. I wear jeans as loungewear at home. Like I own two pairs of sweatpants and I just like to chill at home in jeans. Like we all have weird things. Aaron Rodgers is weird because he brings up things that sometimes don't make a whole lot of sense. They seem to be either red herrings or they are incredibly intentional and it goes right over people's heads hello immunized Uh, he just he says odd things sometimes he has a brain that you know i joked about it when they signed sammy watkins the deal that i did not like although while we're talking about positives sammy watkins threw a very nice block on the christian watson touchdown run so good job sammy that's your one play for the month of december anyway I said that Rogers probably loves Sammy Watkins because those two have brainwaves that are on a level that most of us mere humans cannot quite understand. Like this might've just been him being odd, being weird. And you mentioned too two points that I think coalesce well, that he speaks very intentionally when he speaks, he is trying to illustrate something and maybe you don't agree with it. Maybe you think it's dumb, but he is trying to get a point across it's very similar, and this might not land with a lot of folks, but you know, covering sports in Kansas and University of Kansas athletics for my day job and also being a fan as an alumnus of that school, Bill Self speaks very similarly. Bill Self, when he wants to get a point across or when he wants to explain something or he's trying to you know, jump around an issue, if you pay attention to what he's saying, you can figure it out. Everything is said with intention. The points are different, but I think the process is very similar for Aaron Rodgers. He wants you to believe something or he wants you to know something. So it's weird then to have opportunities to get, you know, to set the narrative himself and then to say, nah, we'll do it later. But then after the game, when he's making these points about Christian Watson and do people want me back? Do I want to be back? That came up for a reason. Maybe it's a reason he invented on his own in his head. Maybe there is real logic behind it. Frankly, I don't know. And I don't think any of us are ever quite going to be able to tap into that brain the way that I think we would all like to. But all that to be said, Matt, all circling back to the original point, I don't think this is anything special. I don't think this is anything out of the ordinary. I understand why it was brought up to Matt LaFleur. I understand why similar comments were brought up to Brian Gutekunst during press conferences on Monday, but I don't think it's any cause for alarm. And I also don't think it's a reason for everyone to groan and say, Oh God, here we go again. I mean, we're going to get there. Like I'm not going to kid myself. We will get to that point eventually, but I I don't think this is the, I don't think this is the checkered flag, the the starting flag. Hey, green light. we're, We're on our way to the groaning and grumbling. Give it a couple more weeks. Sure. I don't think we're quite there yet, but it does bring up the point about, what the future looks like for Aaron Rodgers. And by asking how much does Rodgers have left, I think that's a question that can apply to this season. And I think it's a question that can apply to long-term. Again, they gave him that massive contract for a reason. They were saying, we are committing to you long-term. We will figure out the Jordan Love stuff later. And Jordan Love is going to factor into this part of the discussion. So I'll ask you, and you can approach this again, however you want, near-term, long-term, whatever it is. How much do you think Rodgers has left? Do you think based on what we heard from Goot and Lafleur on Monday, he's going to go the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy? Do you feel like nothing is changing about his long-term future with the team and it's going to be him next year and as long as he's around? Given how he has played all season, but especially recently where it hasn't been good, but it 
has been more mediocre than bad. Just where do you stand on what his future looks like right now? That overthrow to Cobb would make you think of a couple things, right? That was, <laughs> golly, dude, that was wild. He must Absolutely. have thought he was going to keep running, right? Like, that's the only thing that could pop into my head that he thought Cobb was going to keep running. Because that throw was, like, into the first row. I've never seen anything like that. Awful. And they kept showing the replay from different angles, and it got worse every time. Um, I I don't know, man. I think he's got enough left. I really do. I think he's one of those guys that can just roll out. No training camp minimal throw he's like a, a guy that does doesn't need any bullpen reps right he can come in middle relief closer he can start he doesn't really matter like he can go out and sling the rock around as long as he's you know healthy he takes care of his body a ton he's mentioned that many many times um how you know his diet's changed a lot how he's gotten under the squat bar more and just like gotten after it that way it doesn't seem like velocity's changed at all a little bit inaccurate this year maybe he's a little bit sloppy with a foot footwork i think he's got enough left to continue to go i mean these little injuries here and there they definitely make you kind of got to frustrate the hell out of you because you know you don't have any many prime years left or even subprime years left, but you're dealing with a, a rib injury which sucks. Got to worry about hit get you know get two edge guys or two tackles in this game that are young guys. You got to be worried about them coming off the edge. You know, trust if you will. They're still younger guys that you got to be worried about that thumb. I don't want to say I told you so, but like weeks ago I was like you know watch this watch this come back and say this thumb has been plaguing him and it's like now all of a sudden we're nitpicking when it's happening it's just I think he's got enough left in the tank because it's just he's one of those dudes that's just so special like I said that can roll out there with you know minimal preparation and can win you a football game I think he was a little bit he's been a little bit exposed this year without the big play potential with Devontae Adams I think that's been a huge factor He's also, you know, has a supporting cast offensively outside of Aaron Jones that's really not that great. I mean, zero production from the tight end room. Like, there's games where I don't even know why we even have tight ends. Like, I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, what's the what's the point? Like, they just go and block. You know, Mercedes Lewis got a touchdown yesterday. Great. But, you know, that's a great play call to set up for him. Tunyon's been non-existent. Tyler Davis has done nothing. DeGuar, like, they don't get a lot of contribution from guys where they previously he had Devonte and they were in such sync and his accuracy, like I said, it's just you know it's in question once in a while. But he's able to you know there's certain games like the Cowboys game where it's like this is just you still have it, you still have that accuracy. I, I just I think he's got enough left. It's just a matter if he wants to continue playing and wants to like go through some of these challenges because if it were me, and I think a lot of prime time you know prime quarterbacks have done this is you're trying to go out on a high note with the best talent possible, right? Like like Brady down in you know Tampa Bay. There's a reason he mm-hmm. went down there. He was going to be able to facilitate all these guys to bring them in, didn't have to worry about what was going on up in New England. Maybe we didn't have any control over personnel with Belichick. And like Stafford, again, great example. Like you'd much rather surround yourself with the best opportunity to win than, eh, okay, we had a good opportunity. We had a window. Now we got to wait for like two more years until – offensive line develops or these young receivers develop or we'll see what happens with our edge rushers like or Quay Walker could be a guy but ah, you're gonna have to hang out like it's just you really want to you you really want to go on a high note I think maybe it's just maybe that's what those comments were like shit like in the back of my head like do I have the do I just can I even really sit and wait much longer for us to get to this like peak of like being the best team possible I thought we had this at one point so I think he's got enough left under the end of the day. Like, I think he definitely has enough left. I, but as, if these injuries start piling up, it's going to kind of make me question a little bit more because we've seen the, what that can do to a quarterback. But I think he's got enough left in the tank. It's just it's it's been skewed, like I said, with Devontae being gone and then the way this offense is rolled, it makes you think 
he can't swing the ball down the third field, which we know he still can. We've seen it. I think it's worth asking, pondering, thinking about, does watching a player like Christian Watson emerge rejuvenate him for what is to come? And I'm not trying to say that the Packers need to put every single egg in the Rodgers basket and you have to cater to his every single whim. But I would imagine for a guy like that to say, oh, shoot, number nine can play. Like This dude's got speed. This dude can make big plays. He can run the ball. He can run a bunch of routes. He's not just a Marquez Valdez Scantling clone like some folks thought he might be. He can actually do a whole lot of different things. I wonder if that gets him more in a groove like, okay, maybe there's something else we can do, I can do, he can do to take this to the next level next year. Let's play out the string. Let's get Dobbs back healthy, get him back in the mix so he can get some live reps before the season comes to a close. Let's let's see what we can do here. I almost wonder if that is going to be the case, that there was probably a time this year where he thought, well, great, one guy's not healthy. The other rookie is inconsistent, although promising. All I've got is Randall Cobb, who I trust, and sometimes Alan Lazard, and this offensive line's a mess. Oh, my God, what, what did I get myself into? I do think there's something left. I said this during – it must have been during the Eagles game when the Packers were still kind of hanging around, even though the defense was getting absolutely obliterated by Jalen Hurts in the Philly run game to – the tune of over 300 yards, over 350, I think, if I remember correctly. Like, you can tell, and you just said this, Matt, there's still something there. Like, there are throws he still makes, not with a ton of regularity, but once a game, maybe a couple times a game, a number of times this season, where it's clear he's still got it. Like, like there is still something there that clearly can work for this offense. Now, has the play calling been good? I don't think it's been great. Has he been difficult to work with? I don't know it for a fact, but I can probably assume, yeah, it has been challenging at times to deal with Aaron Rodgers this year, as it has been in past years, or at least it appears that's been the case for the Packers. But if you've got confidence in where these young guys are projecting and what they have done so far, and you know this offensive line, when you take out the obvious weak links, can be something productive, can be something special. Like if you said right now, assuming health, you were going to get Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Jenkins. I had two of those in reverse order, but you know what I mean? And then Yash Nyman as your offensive line. If you said right now, that's going to be your starting main regularly healthy offensive line next year. Would you be down with that? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would think the only the only caveat would be like, eh, I'd like to see when someone maybe compete for right tackle against Yash. I think Yash is good, but I still want to see some competition mm-hmm. there. Um, I would be comfortable with that. I think that's that's a solid front five. So you've got an offensive line that you can somewhat believe in. You've got a quarterback who flashes it, even though he has not this year harnessed the ability to do it regularly, make those splash plays, make the throws that say, oh yeah, this is the dude who won the last two MVP awards. You've got promising young receivers. Maybe you add someone free agency or you add another guy in the draft. The free agent pool for wide receivers is not good. And we'll get to that once the offseason rolls around, but that's not good. So maybe it has to be draft for a trade. There's enough pieces that I would think the Packers can say, we think we still have something here. We think we can make this work. And Rodgers can say, there's enough here that makes me feel like this can work. I still think this team can be successful with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. And most of those core guys we talked about, that offensive line and those two receivers, Dobbs and Watson as your future pair. I really do, and maybe I'm just being a homer, but I really do think 
there is still something there. Now, you also have to make other adjustments. Like if you say, hey, Aaron, we're going to run it back with this defense. Looking forward to seeing you at training camp. Uh, I imagine he'd say, are you kidding me? Like, really? We, we saw all this week after week. Everybody saw this week after week, and we're going to run this back. I don't know about that. And frankly, I personally, Brendan Dorzinski, don't really know about that either. I think if you make a certain number of changes, the quarterback, number 12, still has enough in him to be productive with this offense. But that then brings up the other question that was raised to Brian Gutkunst on Monday, Matt. What do you do with Jordan Love? Like, do you need to see him more this year to know if you're going to pick up his fifth-year option this offseason? Gutekunst seemed to say no. He's seen enough. He knows what they're going to do one way or the other. I, I, I don't know how you know at this point. I'm not saying that Gut is wrong. How, how the hell would I know if he's wrong or right or if he has enough information? I'm just saying I don't know how one could make that determination. Have we seen enough? Have we not seen enough? It, it's a difficult spot, but... This offseason is going to be fascinating because it's essentially going to tell us is Rodgers probably only going to be around one more year or are they committing to him for the next probably two, three, or four? Dude, it's so bad that they have to figure out the fifth-year option. Like, that's why, like you mentioned earlier, it's like, it's not the checkered flag. We are far from that. We, we are so far away from understanding what this team looks like with either Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love or how they fully commit to it, but... Man, like, I, you got to think that, yeah, yeah, it's great you have your opinion already figured out, Gutekunst, right? Like, and we're going to know that soon. We're going to see what his cards are. But the next six months, man, are going to be just toxic. It's going to be challenging. And, like, it's just – I don't envy it because it just sucks because it's, like, one way or another, like, we're going to be pissed off. It's either, okay, you're fully committed to Jordan Love. Why? We haven't seen anything great. Or – Okay, you really you really jacked up the Jordan Love room. Now what are you going to do, right? We've seen tons of organizations go through this turmoil, and you thought the Packers were prepared. Maybe they're not. I mean, we've seen young quarterbacks throughout the years. I mean, it just comes to mind: Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, who's just released from his second team this year or second team in his career today. Like, you never know what it looks like. It could be a surefire first overall pick, and they don't develop. Or it's just a guy that you find off the street somewhere that ends up developing like a Mike White or any other guy that you could throw in there, a Kurt Warner even. Like, I don't know where they're going to end up with the quarterback club, but I know the next six months is going to be unpleasant on the timeline. So between now and when that offseason starts and when things truly get grisly and ugly, because it's not that far off into the future, we've got four more Packers games left to pay attention to this year. Put your four fingers in the air. We've got four games left for the Packers this season. What do you want to see? And what do you expect to see out of this team? Just in general, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, quarterback play, whatever it might end up being. What do you think? And what do you hope we see on TV or in person over these final four games? Sounds really cliche and really weak, but just like some heart, like you really just want to see them play with some, you know, tenacity or just continue to, to thrive. Never, you mentioned at the top of the show, like never been in a position before as a Packers fan to like want to tank. I mean, maybe jokingly you say that like, hey, it'd be great if we lose, we'll get the top 10 pit. Like never been in that position. I can't even imagine turning on the television and hoping the team loses because there's rivalry games yet at the end of the year, right? Vikings, Lions, I don't want to lose either of those teams. And I just hope they continue to develop, whether that's like we mentioned that shows ago, like develop some of this young talent, offensive line, receiving core, 
special teams, defense, like keep developing those. Maybe you can get into some sort of offensive flow in the last couple games, you know, albeit how the outcomes are going or the flow of the game's going, like between Dobbs, Watson, and Rodgers. That would be fantastic. Maybe we can see some some you know, highlights from some of these young defensive guys. Special teams continues needs to continue to develop, but ultimately, like, just want to see putting good football on paper and making it a tough decision for the you know, the general manager and the whoever else makes personnel moves, like to make it difficult this year for them to have to let go of certain guys, Alan Lazards, the other guys that are kind of on the the chopping block potentially. Maybe some young guys can develop and make it easier on them that way, but. You know, the one I'm kind of dancing on waiting to the end is like, I would like to see Jordan Love out there. I just don't know what capacity I've I've kind of drawn a conclusion. Like if they are to lose the Rams game, you know, they're 100 percent then out of the playoff contention. Right. I believe their their playoff chances then are literally zero, albeit they're damn close to zero right now. Yeah, I I find it difficult, extremely difficult to have for for love to go down into Miami. I mean, their Miami defense isn't all that great. They're a high profile, you know, offensive team, but I think it's just a tough, tough ask for him to start a game. I do think it would be great if he could start a game or at least play some mop-up duty in the Vikings lions games. I think those are great, you know, home games should be a little bit easier for him. Like, but until they're actually eliminated, like I want to see this team continue to develop. And maybe at that point, once they're officially eliminated, Maybe it is that point to, you know, we're going to fall back. We're going to arrest some of our veteran guys. We're going to arrest guys that maybe are on, you know, maybe they are on a contract here. We're not going to bring them up, let them put some good tape out there. I think as soon as they're mathematically eliminated, things are going to switch a little bit to having Love get more reps, to having some other guys get more reps. I think that's what we're going to see. So, but ultimately, like, just keep putting good football out there. Keep making it passion. You know, there was some passion that second, or excuse me, the the fourth quarter yesterday. Like, let's continue to put that out there on the defense. Um I don't know what you're going to fix yet on that defense. So whatever they're rolling out there, run with it. Offense, I think they can keep messing with some stuff in special teams as well. But just keep keep developing these guys that you're going to have around for the next couple of years, no matter who's under center. I think for me, number one, I'd like to see two wins. I I don't have any belief that this team is going to beat the Dolphins. The Packers defense against Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Yeah. I don't have high expectations for Christmas day and that's going to be good. It maybe won't ruin my Christmas if the Packers end up losing that game. So I don't have high expectations for that contest. And I am expecting a loss to the Vikings as well. Even though the Vikings, I don't think are going anywhere this year. I'm just expecting that game probably won't go well because they are better than the Packers this year. The Rams are in hell. It feels like they are truly in the furthest deep down layer of hell. Can you beat that team on Monday night football at home in the cold? team that's going to have a backup quarterback, whether it's Bryce Perkins or John Wolford, no Cooper Cup. Can you beat that team? I would like to see that, and I would like to see the Lions get knocked off in Week 18 as well. I think those are two winnable games. I would love to see, at the very least, the Packers win those. And again, if you're rooting for the tank, my apologies that I'm cheering for wins, but I'm only wired that way. I'm only built to root for a team in that way. Now, in terms of individual performance, I'd like to see Rodgers at least be as good as he's been the last couple of weeks. I'm not asking for MVP, but can there be a couple splash plays? Can he be consistent? Can he be accurate? That's what I'm hoping for for him. I just want to see some development and some promise from the guys who are for sure going to be back next year. Like on the defensive side, can we see some more splash plays from Jair Alexander? Like plays where he's not getting cooked by Nikhil Harry or Equinemius St. Brown. That's what I'm hoping to see. Like, 
just a little bit more focused defensively. Can Kenny Clark, who finally stepped up and made some plays against the Bears this weekend, can he not be a no-show for the rest of the season? That that would be nice. You know, continued development for Quay Walker. That's another one right there. Offensively, keep getting Christian Watson involved. Even if he's not averaging two touchdowns a game over the next four games like he has in the previous four, keep getting him involved. Find ways to get him the ball beyond just deep balls. And, and I know it hasn't just been deep balls. He's been used in other ways. But get him running the full route tree. Get him the ball on jet motion or, or something tricky on the outside, whatever it ends up being, find a way to get him the ball as much as possible. See something from Romeo Dobbs, even if he is not at his very peak. Shoot, if that's your number one and number two receiver, given the potential we've seen this year, I would feel great about that. So see some just continued development, continued production from those guys, even if it's not at a superstar level, enough that it will whet our appetite and make us say, oh yeah, okay, those are dudes. Those are dudes you can build with. Those are dudes you can build from. They can be cornerstones of this offense. That's all I'm hoping for. I know this season is probably not going to end with a miracle playoff run. I, I understand that. I accept that at this point, but I would like to see the guys who are going to still be parts of the core next year, one way or the other, that they continue to give us at least a little bit of hope as we head into what eventually will be a pretty tough and, as you said, very potentially toxic offseason for this team. No game this week, so we have no significant to some to get to this week. No team expectations, nothing like that. How are you spending your bye week? Are you just going to chill? Are you going to take a break from football at all? I have my first of many Christmas parties to attend. Three to the four next weeks, we will be fully immersed in Christmas. I believe the one-off, I'm going to have a uh, a pub crawl that we're all dressing up as Santa, SantaCon, apparently that's hey. a thing. Um, so this weekend, there's like nothing too. Like it's just, is there even any college football on? Like it's just, we're just getting down to the wire here. Like there's a, is, or is there, are we in, I thought conference tournament, like what, where are we at with college football? Right Army, now? Navy. Shout out to my grandfather was Navy. We know me and my dad root for them, but outside of that, yeah, that's just I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, college basketball. I, I become a college basketball fan sooner than I expect. I am a fan. Start watching a little bit sooner than later, but still watch NFL. Of course, it's it, it seemed like we had a bye week. Like what was it? Two weeks ago, like that in between or this you know before the Titans game. Like that was kind of a weird. Or mm-hmm. I mean the Titans and the, the Eagles game. Um, I'll still watch ball. That's it. Is I, I don't know. Hope for the health of the players and uh, for Packers at least. But uh, I do like what you said. Two and two, I think, is a great, great expectation because I think, sure, Rams, you should win. Miami chalk it up as a God knows what. Maybe a, a nice little pre-Christmas trip going down to some warm weather, and if you can split with between some division rivals, that would be fantastic. So um, by week, no, still watch ball. Still love it. Although I do know when we were on that, like I said, that Titans game, there was a little bit less anxiety and stress throughout that that Sunday. Even my girlfriend mentioned it. So it'll be a namaste for my Sunday, apparently. Yeah, I think my wife will be happy. I'm not going to be pacing around and clutching my hands and rocking back and forth the entire uh, Sunday afternoon during the Packers game, getting all nervous. No, there's plenty of NFL to watch, plenty of NFL to uh, gamble on if that's something you can legally do where you live. And uh, Army-Navy on Saturday, KU versus Missouri, the border war in basketball back, the first one in Columbia, Missouri. So I'll be watching that on Saturday. 
Uh, I think we're going. Uh, I think we're going to downtown Kansas City too for uh, for some dinner, our our holiday night out. So uh, okay. we'll be watching plenty of football. Obviously, no Packers game this week, but we'll be back next week as we get ready for. Oh no, I take that back. We will be back on Monday. We'll be back on Monday to get ready for Rams week. Rams week itself. Uh, we're probably not having a show because why would you watch us when you can instead actually watch the Green Bay Packers on TV? So imagine, until imagine ne- if imagine if we had one viewer during that our show. Imagine, I I'd be honestly I'd feel very blessed. We, we'd bring them on. We'd have to get them a camera. We'd have to bring them on. Like okay, if you're you're willing to sit with us through the game, we're gonna have to bring you on and be a part of the crew. But one way or another, we'll be back next Monday to get through the bye week, get you ready for Rams week. But until then, for Matt Freilich, I am Brendan Dorzinski. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. Matt is at Matt underscore FRA underscore. I'm at Brendan DZW. Follow Game on Wisconsin across their social media channels. And we will be back coming up next week with another edition of the Final Dump, as always, brought to you right here on Game on Wisconsin. <laughs> Well, Wayne, I think this is one that Vince Lombardi and George Hallis would be proud of. You could have given me the touchdown. That is hard to overturn, you know what I mean? I understand. That's that. a good effort, Richard, though, wasn't yeah, it? Pretty good effort. <laughs>